0: Games rated E to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode we share in-depth impressions of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity and revisit The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. My name is Chris and joining me today are two of my fellow co-workers at Nintendo of America, Chico from Nintendo Treehouse. Hi, Chico.
1: Hi.
0: Hello, and Joe from the social media team. Hi, Joe. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Great. Um, So thanks for coming on the show, you guys. And we're going to start with a game that is coming out the same day that this episode is going to post on November 20th, which is Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Now, I've just started playing this game, but you're both experts, so I'm really looking forward to talking to you about it. Uh, But before we start digging into all the the details, Chico, how would you describe this game to people who may have played a more traditional Legend of Zelda game, but might not have played a Hyrule Warriors game before?
1: The Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is very different because it is a Warriors game uh, instead of the, you know, traditional The Legend of Zelda series game. Um, This one... You are fighting against, you know, you're one against 1,000 or so, like you know, the horde of enemies coming at you, and then it's more action-oriented game Um, rather than you know exploration and puzzle solving uh, you will see in uh, traditional The Legend of Zelda type games.
0: That's right. Yeah, it's it's you're you're basically taking armies of uh, of classic villains from uh, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Joe, what's your experience been like with, uh, with I guess, just this game in general, but then also the Legend of Zelda series? Um, are you a big Legend of Zelda fan? And if so, um, what was your impression coming into Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so for for me, the Legend of Zelda as a series is, you know, one of those kind of like, you know, mainstay prestige franchises for me. Um, you know, I've, I've basically played every game in the series. It's it's very near and dear to my heart. So um you know for for this game uh, in particular I think the first time that um, you know I got to see it and we we really got excited for it um, you know I was pretty blown away by a lot of the stuff that we we saw um, just the the close aesthetic to uh, the legends of Zelda breath of the wild um, having having more time in that world I think is is something that you know I really really want to experience again uh, and especially with those characters you know um, there the, the story and um, uh, legend of the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is, is all told through those memories. So in this game, you just really get to spend a lot of time with that cast of characters. Um, and, you know, my, my experience with the first Hyrule Warriors, I, I actually really love that game. Um, I think that game is a little bit more of a celebration of the franchise, whereas this is, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a really um, kind of carefully told crafted story. Um, set within The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild so I think um, there's definitely a different approach there and I think that's something I really appreciate about this game.
1: Yeah I agree with Joe. Yeah uh, I'm a big fan of Warriors game. I did play the higher Warriors the original game uh, all three platform I guess Um, and then you know I I am big fan of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Um, but when I heard about this new one coming out um, I was expecting more like the original Hyrule Warriors game, the you know, celebration of the franchise, a lot of different, you know, like uh, different characters coming from the different title from the series. But then when I first saw it, I, I literally screamed when I when I heard this, you know, like a sound effect and music from the Breath of the Wild actually, you know, like playing and the character looked like that and then it was I I was really excited to see this game and it was When I first played uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, I was uh, very surprised because it was way different from what I expected in a good way.
0: Yeah, I felt the same way, and you know, that was the thing, you you mentioned it there, Chico. When I first started playing Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, it was not just the visuals, obviously the, the art style was the same from Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which, you know, really took me back to that game. But also all the little sound cues, even the little fonts used in the menus when you pause yeah, yeah, it and yeah. look at the map, it really felt like I was back in that world again. And it had, when I first started playing this game, it had been a while since I played Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So it felt kind of like this really nice homecoming. Um, and I was more nostalgic than I realized for a game that I'd actually played a few years ago for the first time but at the same time Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is you know it has obviously it's a whole different type of game mm-hmm. uh, than Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild so it was this nice mix of the familiar and the new and um, so so far I mean I haven't beaten the game like you guys yet but I'm really enjoying feeling like I'm part of that world again getting more of that story and when I first heard that it was You know, it took place 100 years before the events of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That got me excited because I wanted more time with those characters and more time with that world because I always thought the world had such a rich kind of history to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So so I think you're right. It is a very different type of Hyrule Warriors game than the first Hyrule Warriors in that it really does fit in specifically with Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild.
1: Yeah, uh, when I first uh, heard this one, it's going to be a warrior-style game, I wasn't sure if it's going to be a good fit. But then I thought about it, and then it is uh, before the Great Calamity takes over and, you know, take down the whole Hyrule. So there's going to be thousands of monsters, you know, coming at you. So then I'm like, I realized, okay, this is the perfect type of game, uh, you know, should be like warrior-style gameplay. And another thing, I was surprised when I played this game. is like in a uh, the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. There are cutscenes where you know, like you you could see what happened hundred years ago in the memory form uh, in the Seacrest slate. Uh, but there's only limited number of cutscenes to tell about the stories before the calamity happened. Uh, but in this game, uh, you will have. A lot of opportunity to go through a lot of different type of cutscenes to learn about the story, learn about the characters. It's just uh, just because of that, just for that reason, uh, it motivates me to play more and then that uh, you know unlock more story stages, so I will be able to see and learn the different character stories.
2: Yeah, and there's there's a lot of story in this game. Like it's really a surprising amount of cutscenes. Um... And it's just really cool to see like a lot of those characters come back, and like you know characters like Urbosa, who you know had had a little bit of development in uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, but in this game, you know there's just a lot of content with those characters. Like you mm-hmm. get to see them interact with the other champions, which is is really cool to see. You get to see that there's like a relationship between all of them, and especially with uh, with Zelda, who is kind of like I would say is like kind of the cornerstone of the story in this game, mm-hmm. and uh, her character itself is like kind of the the main driving force between a, uh, a lot of the characters and within the game. So um, I think people will really appreciate seeing that, like, kind of interplay between all the characters and, and how the story really develops.
1: Some of the things I, I was surprised is that uh, in uh, uh, Legend of Zelda, the Breath of the Wild, Zelda was more uh, somebody who's being protected by Link, right? Like, I mean, like, in the memories that you see in the Breath of the Wild uh, cutscenes, she was she was always just, like, a behind him being protected uh you know helpless in a way but uh in this one you will be able to see her fighting you know against the monsters not behind you know hiding behind link or Impa, but she's actually you know fighting and then like using the uh runes and like different actions it's just nice to see her being a fighter instead of just being protected
2: Yeah, and I I think, like, you know, one of the things, the the plot points that was um, developed a little bit in in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and I think you can see a little bit of it in the demo, um, is Zelda's, like, kind of personal struggle with, you know, her father needing to to really... unlock her powers right and um that's that's something that's really developed in this game and i think the, the the plot is really compelling with her personal struggle and you get to see like really what she's going through and and how it's affecting her so um yeah i think people are going to to really um you know i, I think it'll be really interesting to see how people respond to her story and and get a little bit more of that development so uh, mm-hmm. excited
0: to see how people react to that yep yep that was an another moment when I uh, first started playing this game, where it, it immediately took me back to Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Was hearing Zelda speak and just hearing those voices again, and I, I maybe I never even realized, you know, obviously Zelda, Link, certain characters appear in, in pretty much all of the the games in the series, but um, but these iterations from uh, of the characters from Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild hold a special place in my heart. So. Getting more time with them specifically has been a lot of fun so far, and uh, and I think Chico, you touched on something about the runes. I that's another thing I was really impressed with with um, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity is as a, you know when compared to the previous Hyrule Warriors game, this one changed up combat quite a bit to feel more like it belongs in the same universe as Legend of Zelda: Breath in the Wild. So whether it's a combo that sends Link kind of uh, shield surfing into into an oncoming you know. Uh, line of enemies, or whether it's using runes, um, the same runes that you use in Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild to make big blocks of ice that, that can help protect you, that the enemies can smash into when they're actually charging at you or throwing those those rune bombs. Um, there's a lot there that really makes it feel like you're playing that other game.
1: Yeah, this this game, even within the Warriors franchise, I think this game sets apart from that uh, because... so let me go back to the you know basics of Hyrule like uh, Warrior style games. Usually you just use X and Y button to do like a normal attack and strong attack. And you can do XXY, XY type like, you know, combination attack using those two buttons. Then uh, when the gauge fails, you can do special attack. But in addition to those like a usual warrior style gameplay, they added the four different runes. Uh, if you play the Legend of the Breath of the Wild, you're familiar with, like you said, Chris, you know, uh, Stasis, Magnesis, uh Cryonis, and Remote Bomb, they're all available, uh, assigned to one of the buttons. And, you know, also, in addition to that, um, there's like rods. So you can use fire rods, ice, and lightning rods. And all of these buttons, you have to use it while you are fighting against these, you know, hundreds of enemies coming at you. And when the, what some of the, powerful enemies actually start showing those symbols of one of the four runes. And to effectively fight against them, you have to uh, try to use the, activate the same uh, rune they are showing up, showing the symbol for. And you have to do it quickly because that disappears, you know, quickly. And uh, if you couldn't do it, you can't attack effectively. So you're always on the toe trying to make sure you do it in a good timing. And again, in addition to that, you you know we already revealed in the trailer before that uh, divine beast is also you know something you can control, and those things, a lot yeah. of different things, make this game unique and uh, new, uh, even for those seasoned warrior game players.
2: Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> you know the, a couple of things with the kind of the core gameplay of this one. Um, there was the stagger gauge in hyrule warriors which um you know there was kind of that core loop of draining that gauge and then doing a special attack and you get you get something similar here i think it's the loop of it is a little bit more satisfying now that you have the runes um just being able to like stop kind of a major attack and then you know throw a bomb at the last second and the time slows down a little bit that's really really satisfying but um not just that but i think the creativity that they put into the rune attacks Um, each of the characters has a unique rune attack um for all four of them so they're all very different um i think the first time that i saw impa riding the uh, cryonis uh block which you can you can do as her um uh, i think chico showed it showed it to me and i i just immediately like i had to mute my mic and then just scream because i was like What this is just crazy like i can't believe that's that's something they put in here um so yeah, for me, that's just I think the creativity of the move sets is just I, mm. it was it was pretty wild in the first Hyrule Warriors, but in this game, like I think people are just gonna be kind of blown away. I I mean, each time I get a new character, I immediately just start experimenting with that stuff, um, and I I just like am awed by like kind of the the creativity they put into each one.
1: Yeah, and on top of that, each character has character specific action too. So. Yeah, I mean, runes works differently for each character, and then each character have their own special, you know, like a character unique attack. And, yeah, it just makes this game very, very unique, even within the Warrior franchise.
0: Yeah, I think people... Yeah, I love how... Go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was just going to say, I love how um, in the middle of combat, it has that, that kind of creativity... Like you said, that that uh, is what made Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild so special. Where you can start chaining together not just uh, not just uh, kind of quick and strong combos, but you know I can do like a couple of quick attacks and a strong attack to launch someone into the air as Link, and then um, I can pop up there too and start paragliding, mm. and uh, and then once I'm paragliding while I'm in the air, I can kind of go into my slow motion um, shooting the bow at mm-hmm. them with my um, with Link's special attack. So you can start seeing how it all kind of fits together, and before you know it, you're kind of quickly working down an enemy's uh, life gauge with um, all these great combo attacks you're putting together.
1: Yeah, and the flurry, flurry Rush, too. I forgot to mention that.
2: Yeah, some of the unique actions are, are really crazy, like the the things that you can do. Um, <clears throat> Mifa in particular, has... Um, the ability to teleport to um, like a waterfall that she places, right? And you just get Mm -hmm. shot up into the air and you can do a bunch of aerial combos, which is, um, you can get really creative with that. And I think it just makes her, her gameplay um, like really fast and frenetic. And then you have all these like aerial parts to it. Um, So I think that's just like one example of kind of the, the differences between the characters. Um, Impa, I think a lot of people have had a chance to play her in the demo and she's actually, her mechanics are actually really deep when in, in terms of having to absorb the different runes um, after you place them on each, uh, or the different symbols after you place them on each um, enemy. Um, so, you know, I'm really, really curious to see what people do with some of these unique abilities because it, it really mm-hmm. just makes the the combat so so much more varied and, and deep um, than even other Warriors titles. I think um, it just, it makes it feel almost more like kind of like a dedicated, like kind of stylish action game a, a little bit and just how how many tools you have in your arsenal and how uh, across like all the different characters
0: mm-hmm. um it's
1: just
2: it's really a lot more layered
0: i think
1: mm-hmm. i agree
0: yeah and i really like how you know one aspect of of warriors games that we haven't talked too much about yet is obviously you're fighting uh, you know it's very action focused and you're fighting uh these hordes of enemies um but at the same time there's a good amount of strategy because you know each kind of level uh, you know, per se, is like this big map. It's a big chunk, you know, of an area that you'd probably recognize from Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And, but different skirmishes will break out on different parts of the map and you're constantly kind of being directed from one spot to the other. And you can switch between characters, playable characters, that might all be, in, you know, involved in the same battle. And so, you know, the game does a pretty good job for someone like me who's, who's pretty good at the action and not always so great at, at, at strategy it does a pretty good job of guiding you to where you need to go next and putting targets on the map. And there's a lot of just natural story that takes place during the battles where characters are talking to each other. And as the, the battle ebbs and flows and new uh, kind of, uh, kind of stronger characters appear on the battlefield, um, there's a lot of story that gets communicated that way mm-hmm. and not just in the cutscenes. Um, so that's fun and, and keeps things interesting throughout the battle. And I just like that, uh, that, you know, switching between Link, who's kind of doing a trying to take over a, a certain part of the map from the bad guys in, in one area, then switching to Zelda and using her moveset or whoever else might be on the field, um, really has a nice ebb and flow to it that I think uh, adds something unique to these types of games. I agree. Yeah, w- one of the things like kind of towards,
2: um, you know, once you get into like the really crazy battles uh, later in the game, um, you'll just have a ton of enemies, uh, like kind of bigger enemies on screen. Um, and you'll, you'll have to really kind of send, send some of the different characters to different locations. So you'll just be spread all over the map. Um, and it's, it's really crazy. Like, you'll be fighting, like, one, uh, you know, like, uh, Lionel or something. And then you'll switch to somebody else. And they're just in a completely different fight on the other side of the map. And I think that's one of the things that um, kind of this, this format is, is why it's perfect for this setting. Um, it really does feel like a giant war. Um, every time that mm-hmm. you're on one of these mm-hmm. stages it's just like completely crazy like you'll have a bunch of stuff happening in the background too that um you know it's a little bit spoilery so i won't say it but um there's, <laughs> it just gets really crazy yeah. with what's happening so it, it definitely feels like just a really really crazy war is happening um and it, it really just um feels like you know the calamity is actually happening
1: mm-hmm. and one thing i want to mention is that uh, that takes place at the same location you have explored in The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So if you are, you know, if you're a big fan of that game and you explored every single inch of that world map, Hyrule map, you know, when you are like, let's say like, I, you know, I was in the Gerudo town and then in a usual, like a Warriors game, I don't really expect to go into the houses you know, I just play and then go to the next outpost to take down or something. But at one point uh you know, we I went inside that one of the bar, uh if you play the uh the you know, the Legend of the Breath of the Wild, you might remember there was a one mission you had to go into this, you know, area, like kind of store, and then you have to talk to one of the characters and then you have to find a way to create this drink for her. I don't know if do you guys remember that, but like in this game, you can actually go inside that same store, I mean, like in a restaurant or bar, and you can just kind of explore. Of course, you don't have much time because uh, it's more time cl- critically critical. Uh, you have to uh, get to next location within the time limit, most of the cases. So you can't take time you know, too much to look around, but uh, if you do have time a little bit, I definitely encourage people to look around instead of just go getting to the next area to see, like, okay, wait, is this, like, it, you know, I'm in the Hyrule field. Uh, I run on the horse in the Breath of the Wild, but in this one, you know, I see the stores. I see this, you know, like the... Uh, building and houses still standing there and, uh, you know, the comparison might be a good way to play this game for the fan of the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I noticed running around the battlefield, I saw a couple of flowers that looked out of place. And then before I knew it, I was finding Koroks. And I was like, (laughs) oh, okay, we're doing this again, just like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So yeah, even though you're usually in a hurry, uh, there's always at least a little time to stop and look around if something Mm -hmm. looks a little suspicious, I think. Yep, yep. I did want to mention, um, I haven't had a chance to try this out myself yet, but the game does have a two-player co-op, so that's pretty cool. Two people can uh, take on uh, the armies of the, the enemies there. Yep. And we touched on this before, but there's a demo that's been available for a little while now, and the good news is that your save data from that demo carries over to the final game if you do decide to buy the final game, so... Um, for people that may be fans of the Legend of Zelda, or especially Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, um, but haven't played a Warrior's game before, I think this is a great way to kind of get your feet wet, see what it's all about, and then uh, hopefully continue on from there. Yeah. And then if you buy um, the digital version of the game, you get this item called the Lucky Ladle, uh, <laughs> and uh, and then for those that have saved data on your system from the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, you get the Training Sword bonus item. So. Uh, between the demo and these bonus items, there's a lot of extra goodies there for people to uh, to enjoy and explore.
2: One of the things about the the demo, um, I think it takes you to the part where um, the map opens up and you get to see it just start to get filled with a bunch of different side quests and and different things. It's the it's the same map from The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Um, and I remember Chico, you had you had mentioned like the first time that you saw that, you you really had a strong reaction, oh, yeah. right?
1: Oh, yeah, because, um, you know, I was expecting the similar kind of like a icon showing chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, like the, you know, the original Hyrule Warriors game where you can see everything in a linear way. But this one, yeah, um, when I saw the menu screen and then the Hyrule, map of Hyrule showed up and like, boom, 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 boom. And like, oh, you know, like the same way that the uh, locations opened up in the breath of the Wild and, you know, stages opening up and they were like, ah! So that was a very exciting moment for me too, yeah.
0: Yeah, there are so many moments in this game, even I haven't played it nearly as much as you guys, but so many moments already that really take you back to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And uh, I just got to think that uh, anybody who played that game and enjoyed it, um, there's there's a lot here for them to, to check out and get excited about.
1: And uh, this game has the option to change between the you know like available uh, uh, different languages. So I'm Japanese, as you can obviously tell. Um, so I, I play uh, the game itself in uh, English text, but I switch it to uh, Japanese voice over so I can you know listen to the character's talk in uh, Japanese and then you can do it with you know French and Spanish as well. If you speak or uh, other languages I totally recommend you guys try out different different options too
2: yeah one, one more note at that I, th- I think chico i, I shared with you but um there's definitely been a couple of character descriptions that have just made me laugh out loud
0: so i think the team <laughs> definitely got a little bit creative with some of those that's great well i look forward to seeing all that for myself and and when i finally beat the game as well i definitely want to check back with you guys and maybe talk have a little bit more of a spoiler discussion just among ourselves um so um I guess that's, uh, you know, I could feel like I could talk about this game on and on and on, but we should uh, probably move on to Player's Pulse. And um, as always, this is where we post a few uh, polls on Twitter for Nintendo fans, just for fun. And this time we themed them all around the Legend of Zelda series. And the first question we asked was, which Ocarina tune would you rather relax to? And the choices were Zelda's Lullaby. Epona's song sun song or the song of time uh chico do you have any personal favorites there or can you guess what the fans chose the most
1: i don't know about the fans but my favorite is definitely zelda's lullaby
0: mm. yeah i think it's the Good same choice. for me
1: yeah
0: well you guys are right in Woo-hoo! lockstep with the fans <laughs> zelda's lullaby was the top vote getter at 46 percent
1: oh okay.
0: uh, the song of time came in second mm. followed by Epona's song and then sun song but it's, uh, it's amazing how catchy those Ocarina tunes mm-hmm. are. They'll just pop into my head at weird times. Yeah. So all of them, I think, are, are pretty memorable. The next question was, which style do you prefer in Legend of Zelda games? 2D, which is more of the top-down view that you got with the older games and with some of the games on handheld <laughs> systems, or um, 3D, which is what you get more commonly today with games like The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So, Joe, which is your favorite? Oh, kind of the top-down 2D or the 3D? And I know it's yeah. tough. You, you, you can't pick both, though. I'm forcing <laughs> you to only pick one.
2: This is unfair. This is a, this is a hard question. Oh, uh, man. Um, I think I'll have to go with 3D. Um, <gasps>
1: oh.
2: Man, I'm not even making me down. I, I, I love um, A Link to the Past and, um, you know, even last year, Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening. Um,
0: that game's that's a great game.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you know, the 3D Zelda games <laughs> just hold a special place in my heart. Um, you know, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Um, there's just, that game is definitely special. I think everybody knows it. I mean, I don't. there's nothing more I need to say about it. But, you know, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild obviously um, did a lot to just kind of change up open world games. And, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But um, I think, you know, 3D Zelda's, Zelda games have just gone in so many different directions have evolved in so many different ways um I think for me that's where where I have to go with
1: Mm -hmm.
0: now Chico based on the many I'm guessing hundreds of hours you've played uh Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild i will be surprised if you don't choose 3D
1: well I mean like you know same with Joe I mean it's a really tough call and then uh, you can't choose it's like forty two different things. But, I yeah, but still uh, for me that my first Zelda game I ever played was The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. So I mean mm. that still, you know, holds a special space in my heart. And uh, I do like the 2D top-down version of the Zelda games, uh Link to the Past between the world and you know like I even like Triforce Heroes. I mean, like I have a lot of good memories about those games. So yeah, I mean, I have to, ch- especially because Joe chose, you know, 3D. I have to go with the 2D version.
0: <laughs> I like to. that. I like that. <laughs> Both. You know, uh, I I usually, you know, uh, the first games I played. You know, I'm old enough to have played all the original NES versions of these games. So I I usually go with kind of the more retro types of games, mm. but. You know, I think I think I've decided that Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is my favorite game yeah. in the series. So, because of that, I'm going to go with with 3D. And 3D is what the fans chose with ah. 81%. Wow. So, yeah. Well, there've been a lot more 3D uh, games in the series, I think, over the past, you know, 10-20 years. So, uh, you know, maybe there's uh fewer of us these days that can appreciate <laughs> the uh, the earlier days of I, the Legend of Zelda. I think the key takeaway that
2: we have here is that You know, we're talking about a Hyrule Warriors game today, right? So obviously this Mm -hmm. franchise has just gone in so many directions. It's so varied. You never know what the next entry is going to be. So, I mean, I think it's just a testament to,
0: you know, the variety in the series. There's just so many different types of games in it. Absolutely. All right. And the final poll question we asked is, which is more satisfying to defeat enemies with, the sword or the bow? Chico, which, what would be your choice there?
1: Why there's only two choices here? Why there's no fire <laughs> or even, like, a spear or, you know, I don't know. Um, I guess sword to me because okay. you have the physical, you know, I, guess, I don't know. Physical attack is better. I don't know. Joe? Hmm. <laughs> so that's
0: one for sword, Joe. Well, I I think, you know,
2: after you know, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, I have to go with the bow. There, There's, like, ah! few things more satisfying than hitting that, like, specific yeah, spot that just gets that bing that sound. Mm. Um, and then also you have, like, the ancient arrows too, right? Like, those are <laughs> really, really awesome. So
0: <laughs> Very helpful. I'm sure I'm wrong. Yeah, but. I would, I, I, you know, I would go with bow too just because i do like that that you know when you let uh, the satisfaction of letting that arrow loose and not knowing if you're going to hit it and then when you do hit it and especially if you get that ding from a perfect shot it's so satisfying but um uh, people who would pick bow like myself are in the minority (laughs) uh the fans chose sword at 70 percent. i knew it so interesting yeah it is the more common way to dispose of the bad guys so i guess that makes sense yeah
1: well, I say right. fire, Can... but
0: yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't have fire, then bow <laughs> or sword will do. All right, well, now we're going to continue talking about Legends of, of Zelda Breath of the Wild in our Nintendo Power Game Club segment. This is where we always talk about a game that we all chose to play beforehand, kind of like a book club. And... Um, You know, I want to start this discussion with a couple of comments that fans shared on Twitter about the game. This one came from Unseasoned Jeff, who said, Easily, my favorite part of the game is that if you see something cool in the distance, you can actually go there and check it out. Nothing is just for show or just in the background. Everything is a genuine part of the world. Every inch can be explored. And then similarly, Champion S said, no matter what kind of gamer you are, the game has something to offer you. Whether you're a strategist, a wanderer, a hero, or even a philanthropist, there is a place for you in The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. The experience Mm -hmm. never gets old because you never have have the same playthrough twice. And I thought something that both of these comments touched on is the open-air nature of the game. The Mm -hmm. fact that there's so many different approaches you can take while playing so chico i want to ask what was your first impression when you the first time you stepped out into that big open world
1: um at the very first moment i wasn't quite sure what to do because just like there's so many options you can go either any direction and then uh, i'm i'm so used to like okay this is the first mission i have to go to this shrine you know temple you know to get this item but now in this one it's like I don't, what, what, what am I supposed to do? I mean, like, I'm just out of this cave and like, what, you know, which direction Mm -hmm. am I supposed to go? So it was a little bit of like a feeling of lost, but uh, quickly, you know, I realized that, that, wow, there's so much freedom. And I felt so... Yeah. Free. I mean, I could do whatever I want to do. So I was really excited. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I agree. It was, it it was like this wonderful feeling of being lost because Mm -hmm. it felt like I was on the playground and I, it (laughs) was just, if I wanted to go pick up that stick and swing it (laughs) around at things, I could do that. (laughs) I wanted to go for a quick swim. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and it really just felt like, um, like just, just the, yeah, normally you're kind of pointed in, in a, in a more clear direction, And, you know, you are given some direction on on where you can go at the beginning of of this game. But uh, along the way, it just seems like there's so many opportunities to just play it however you want. So Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think you you pretty quickly adjust to that and and appreciate that. Um, Joe, what did you think about that? What what did that aspect of the game mean? Because, you know, there's there's always big overworlds to explore in Legend of Zelda games. But this one, it really felt like... um, there were there were new rules for the first time in a long time for the series. You weren't quite sure what to expect or what the game expected of you.
2: Yeah, I I think my you know my reaction um, and even coming to the game, um, I think at the time I had been pretty burnt out on open world games. I had played a lot of them and mm. was kind of you know wondering um, you know if, if a if an open world could capture me like that again. Um, and I think, you know, so I, I was a little skeptical, but hopeful when I, when I went in um, and, you know, playing it for the first time, I you know, it definitely exceeded my expectations, just that feeling of, of being lost, but then just the world being so interconnected. Um, I, I think it's, you know, I, a lot of people talk about how um, the world is so huge and um, it, it's not populated with a, a ton of like there's not a city on every every block, right? But it it makes it feel special when you discover things. You discover things like that are just hidden in the distance, or um, it's in a spot that you didn't even notice. And I think that's that's something to me that is is really special. I think I think it's it's kind of like a bold move by a developer, right? To to put something there that somebody might might not even see. I think a lot of the times uh, in open world games, the the intention is that you know whoever's playing it, they, you want to see all the content, right? Um, and I think in this game, I thought it was re- just a really special experience to just discover things. Even when you're playing it hundreds of hours in, you're just finding new things. Um, so for me, that was that was the key difference that, that made it a really special game for me. And it, c- it continues to be something that's just a part of my active rotation.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's totally right. And, you know, I sat down many years ago and I tried to think, if I were to try to distill Super Mario Brothers and uh, the Legend of Zelda series, which are my two favorite series by far, if I were to try to distill them in, down into just one word each that to me describes what the core of that experience is about, for me, um, Super Mario was joy. Uh, you know, the joy you get from kind of all of the actions that you perform and the exuberance of Mario. And for The Legend of Zelda, it was wonder. Mm. And, um, you know, I think the first time you play a Legend of Zelda game, you know, and for me, it was the very first one on the NES, um, when you don't quite yet know what all the rules are, and you're discovering so much about the game and what you can do and uh, what the world is, there is that constant sense of surprise and wonder um, that is just so compelling. And, you know, obviously the, the more games you play in a series and the more you start to be able to spot, even though a lot of the Legend of Zelda games have very different um, features, you start to be able to, to more and more quickly spot kind of what, okay, I know what I'm doing here. I've seen puzzles kind of like this before. Uh, I kind of kn- I kind of know where I'm at. So for someone like me that had played the series for so long, it was such a, a you know a breath of fresh air uh, no, no pun intended <laughs> to to play Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild and and suddenly not know necessarily what's even possible anymore. And it took me back to those days as a kid when I would go to school and I would talk to my friends about what we'd experienced in the original NES game and and you know we would we would trade stories and there was always one kid who would kind of make stuff up. But you didn't know if he was making it up, because as far as you know, what he was saying was just as <laughs> legitimate as anyone else. And so I really liked, especially in the office uh, here at Nintendo of America, we would go in after having played uh, a *Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild the night before, and we would be trading our stories. And because uh, because there were so many systems in the game that allowed you to kind of create your own story, things would happen to each of us that, that were unique. And uh, maybe we would go home and try to replicate those things in our own games and um and i just felt like um that was something that took me back to the very beginning of the series and i had that full sense of wonder all over again Mm -hmm. all right now i want to move on to uh another comment from drift who said i love the sense that the world was alive and had been thoroughly lived in before the calamity it made it melancholy and intriguing to explore and bittersweet to see how people were carrying on and making do 100 years later outstanding world building so you know so we talked about just now um uh the experience of going through this world but um but this world also came alive because of the history and and the storytelling and um sometimes it's it's very obvious storytelling and it's sometimes things that are implied you know when you visit certain areas and you see kind of what remains from that battle 100 years ago so um you know what were some of the things um or maybe even favorite places that stood out to you about the world
1: Uh, that's like the, um, what's the, I forgot the name of the ranch, but uh, I stumbled across on the Hyrule field, you know, this like a Tory destroyed ra- ranch, and I'm like, this looks kind of familiar with, you know, other game in the series, and I kind of explored there, and then I felt like, oh, it's it's Tory destroyed, there's nobody, it's like everything is destroyed, and I'm sorry to, you know, go back, going back to the um, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, but I did have a, a one of the side quests, I actually happened to go to the exactly same location and seeing that place actually still standing with all the uh, houses and then the towers still standing there as a, you know, um, and it kind of made me think of the Breath of the wild. It's like, wow, in a hundred years, in the great calamity, you know, like all these things happen in between these two games and like, it, that, it did make me very, f- nostalgic um and then i mm-hmm. it made me actually go back to play the Breath of the wild so i can go see how it looked you know it's been a while since i played uh the Legend of zelda Breath of the wild so it made me go back and then I go to that area so that that's one place i kind of remember right now but yeah there's a lot mm-hmm. of other places like great plateau and and uh, i have Hyrule castle but yeah
2: yeah there's definitely kind of that, like, quiet world building. I mean, it, like, definitely the world is, um, it's very peaceful despite what mm-hmm. has happened. And, you know, you have Calamity Ganon just all over the castle and <laughs> a, a ton of enemies everywhere. But um, I think that's that's something that I, I really appreciate about the game. Like, you go into Hateno Village and you just get to see everybody just living their lives. And, um, you know, you get to meet, meet characters um, like Pura, um, who has obviously had (laughs) a lot happen to her and um, you get to see her in Hyrule Warriors also um but then just like kind of the the things that are implied but not specifically told to you so things like um you know when you start building a house in Hateno Village or or you Mm. you uh you move into a house right and you you start to get a little bit of backstory and and start to think well is this a place where Link might have lived before it's very like melancholy right like he has been gone for a hundred years. He doesn't remember anything. He has no idea yeah. where he is. All these people remember him and they, they love him, but, you know, a lot of them are also gone, like all these people that he, he knew are gone. So, um, it's kind of like, just like life goes on, he, he's there and you get to get all out of this backstory. And, um, you know, I, I, just really appreciate that kind of just like, um, simple, simple world building that doesn't really like kind of get in your way and doesn't beat you over the head with it, but it's, it's, it's kind of implied.
0: Mm-hmm. And the last comment I want to share is from Becca, who said, the first time I defeated a guardian with a shield was one of the most satisfying moments in gaming for me. I loved proving how much I had improved from the start when I was running from almost everything. <laughs> so, you know, I thought this was something that definitely came through to me when I played the game as well, as that feeling of, of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, Chico, was there anything that surprised you about yourself as you got better at the game? Any, any maybe accomplishments where you really thought, wow, I can't believe I was able to do that?
1: Uh... Well, I mean, like I really was bad at it at the very beginning for every single stuff. So, you know, I, I think I got better at everything. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, sealed to reflect was something that uh, I had to practice a little bit um, at the beginning. You know, like whenever the guardian starts, I'm like, nope, this is the time I have to get away. But then, like slowly, I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And then, like, I have enough, you know, like health and, and, and the heart. And like, I'm just gonna try this one time. I'm not gonna die. <laughs> and then, like, I did it. And then, I'm being able to, you know, continuously do it every single time. So yeah, I maybe feel like, okay, I'm now ready for this adventure. So yeah, seal to reflect was definitely something uh, makes me feel like I grown. I I'm ready for this. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, even just uh, getting through all the shrines and just building that stamina meter and your uh, number of hearts, um, a lot of those those things just um, make it a lot easier to traverse the world. It just like opens up different opportunities for you, um, and yeah, I think it's the game does such a good job of just kind of easing you into a lot of that, um, mm-hmm. especially with the way like weapons are are given to you. And um, I know um, you know there's a lot of different opinions on. Um, you know, weapon durability, which is a key key component of the game. Um, for me personally, I really love that mechanic because it, it encourages you to experiment uh, and you really get that feeling that, you know, that whatever you're picking up actually matters. Um, you know, if it's a new weapon, that's something that you're actually going to use. You're not just going to stick to one weapon for the entire game and just coast your way through it. Um, every Everything that you grab um, has meaning to it. Um, and this, you know, I, I've, I've been, I've tried to replay the game, you know, pretty constantly whenever I have time, which is you know fool's errand because we have so many games that we actually need to play um so um i i've been playing on master mode and just getting absolutely destroyed so um <laughs> that's that's been an interesting experience but it does make me appreciate the mechanics a lot more because it is that early game on master mode is just so dire like you can die in one hit um mm-hmm. so it, it is um it is really tough uh playing in that mode but it also does just again like reiterate how strong those kind of core mechanics and that feeling of growth is mm-hmm.
0: yeah absolutely for me um like you guys have said there's a lot of different ways uh that you can kind of feel that your your character and your your own play and your own skill have grown but i would agree with becca for me it was um uh i, I still didn't get the shield timing down so that i could consistently defeat a guardian that way but I did, like, using ancient uh, ancient arrows on them, uh, which uh, takes them out in one shot. And that felt really good after there were so many situations throughout the game where I would end up getting myself stuck behind, like, a- around a corner where there was a guardian who was out there who, for some reason, couldn't quite get to me. But if I stuck my head out, he was going to take me out. And I would just try to wait him <laughs> out. It would, I probably should have just let him get me and then start over. But I was like, for 15 minutes, just like this cat and mouse game of trying to get around this guardian. So when you could finally like take them out with authority, that felt so good. Yeah, I think I've, I've definitely there. done the thing that I'm sure a
2: lot of players have done this, done this, but um, I just save up those ancient arrows for like a rainy day that never happens <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because I'm too afraid to oh, waste yeah. them. So I just hold, I just hoard them
0: forever. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. All right, well, now we're going to move on to Warp Zone. This is the quiz we have every episode where we oh. guess games that came out 10 or 20 or 30 years ago, this mm. time during the month of November. Chico, it sounds like you're raring to go.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad with this kind of thing. So I'm just going to let I'm Joe on everything. <laughs>
0: no, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have trouble. So we'll see. <laughs> I have faith. All right, here we go. The first one is 10 years ago. This is in November of 2010. And the clues are a popular pair of Nintendo characters made their long awaited return on Wii to take on the terrible Tiki Tong and his Tiki Tac tribe through acrobatic platforming stages and minecart rides that could drive players bananas. Any guesses? Oh, uh, uh Donkey
1: Kong don't Tropical Freeze? No, wait.
0: Close
1: Donkey Kong,
0: you're, you're one game too far ahead.
1: Uh, <laughs> See, I have that memory, Joe. Go, Joe. Uh, Donkey Kong Country
2: no.
0: Returns,
1: yeah. That's it, that's it. yep. Oh, you're, you're close,
0: you're close. <laughs> Donkey Kong Country Returns, uh, also, um, also that month was Golden Sun Dark Dawn on Nintendo DS and Sonic Colors for mm. Wii and Nintendo DS, so pretty good month back in uh, November of 2010, yeah. And then 20 years ago now, November of 2000, Jeez. Nintendo published a virtual pet kind of game for Nintendo 64 where the player partnered with a cute critter to complete daily activities and earn Pika points. This game had you talking to the TV as one of just two titles to ever use the voice recognition unit accessory. Any guesses? It's too easy. Wait, Chico, do you know it?
1: No, go ahead.
0: He gave a big hint. <laughs> What did you say? I said he gave a big hint, but it is Hey You Pikachu. That's it. Yep. Hey You Pikachu. Uh, Another big month. That one also had Banjo-Tooie for N64 and WWF No Mercy for N64, uh, which no mercy. was a great game. Yeah, that's very <laughs> yeah. beloved. And in case anyone's wondering, the other... I said there were two games that used the VRU accessory. The other one was Densha Dego 64, which was a Japan-only release. All right, the final one, which is 30 years ago in November of 1990... <laughs> <laughs> Going way back now, oh. Capcom brought a popular NES platformer to Game Boy that starred a stingy millionaire who had the support of characters like Huey, Dewey, and Louie while using his trusty pogo jump in a hunt for five lost treasures that took him from the Amazon to the moon. Any guesses?
2: Ooh, I... This game was based
0: <laughs> on a popular cartoon featuring a money-loving duck.
2: duck Is this uh, <laughs> What's his name? Sorry. I'm not great with these characters, but uh, dark, Darkwing? No, wait, no. Uh, dark, you're in the dark, right universe. Darkwing, Duck? Uh, Close. Uh, you're in
0: the right universe. I'll just go ahead and, and reveal that it's DuckTales. I said ah. that. Uh, oh,
1: I should have been. Oh. Should have yeah. that. Uh, the,
0: actually, the NES version is the one people are most familiar with. Also, Mega Man 3 came out for NES that month. That would have been easier. So pretty good. Two <laughs> out of three. Two out of three. I what would have gone right. but ugh.
1: I should have more confident about yep. it. Uh, okay, never mind.
0: I do have one more bonus question. This is an audio question, so I'm going to play a sound, and we'll see if you guys can guess what it is. So I'll play it a couple times, so if you know it right off the bat, just, just hold on to it for a second. And here it is again. Any guesses on what this sound is? That is the uh, guardian charging sound. Oh!
2: Before
0: it hits you with the laser. That's right. Jeez, chica, you even mentioned I it read, earlier.
1: I was thinking about like the like a game, like you know, different game, and I didn't think about like sound effects. So I'm like, oh, I should have got it. Oh, Bill's gonna kill me. Oh. <laughs>
0: That's okay. This is a team game, so between you both, you got uh, three out of four. Oh. Nice job. I'm ashamed. All right, so now. Before we go we're going to uh, move to Game Forecast. <laughs> this is where we take a quick look at some of the Nintendo Switch games that either just released or are coming soon. So on November 3rd we had Bakugan Champions of Astoria from WayForward and Warner Brothers Interactive. On November 9th we had Fuser from NCSoft and Harmonix Munich sy- uh, Music Systems. On November 10th, we had Sakuna of Rice and Ruin from Marvelous Xeed and Edelweiss. And on November 10th, we had Just Dance 2021 from Ubisoft. On November 13th, we've got uh, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory from Square Enix and Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered from Electronic Arts. On November 17th, we had Sniper Elite Four from Rebellion. And then uh, today, November 20th, we have Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity from Nintendo And then on December 1st, we'll have Empire of Sin from Paradox Interactive and Romero Games. On December 3rd, there's Immortals Phoenix Rising from Ubisoft. On December 4th, we have Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light from Nintendo. Fitness Boxing 2, Rhythm and Exercise from Nintendo. And John Wick Hex from Gambitious. And then on December 8th, we have Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 from Sega. So uh, Chico and Joe, is there anything here that you're uh, especially looking forward to?
1: Oh, I mean, like there's multiple, you know, some some like I like I want to play Sakuna and Kingdom Hearts too, but uh, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to the Immortal Phoenix Rising. That I look like I like the like a Greek mythology stuff, so that that world seems like a very interesting thing to do to play.
2: Yeah, me too. I'm I'm excited to to explore that world. I was gonna say, Chico, these are a lot of titles that we have. Um, seen in various <laughs> Nintendo Directs that we've worked on in the past. So yeah. um, it's, it was like running down the the past list for the, the past mean, couple directs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sakana is another one for me. I, um, I remember, I think it, some people might remember we had that in Trios Live. Uh, I think it was last year. Man, that was a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just seeing that game for the first time, I didn't know what it was. And, um, you know, I was pretty impressed by it um, being, you know, kind of an Animal Crossing fan, but also a big action uh, fan. I think that's kind of hitting all those boxes. So, uh, and also, you know, working uh, with the dev team last year at Treehouse Live, those guys were, were really great. So, um, yeah, just excited to, to play that one. I actually bought it already, but it's uh, <laughs> been taking up my time. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it
0: can be tough finding time for all these games. Um, for me, the one that jumps out other than, I mean, a bunch do, but I'll just mention Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade oh, yeah. of Light because I've become a big fan of the Fire Emblem series over the years, but obviously this was the first game in the series, came out for the Famicom in 1990 in Japan, but this will be the first time that it's been officially localized into English. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, this is the game that had the first appearance of Marth, and they've added all these new features. Uh, You can rewind to previous turns, you can fast-forward through player and enemy actions, or create and load bookmarks. Um, So uh, it it sounds like not only is it uh, a chance to go back and and finally experience that first chapter in the, in the franchise. But also uh, for people like me who love the series, but maybe uh, aren't the best at these kinds of games, uh, there's a few new features here that will help me along a little bit. So really looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah I've did you see never the special
1: edition? Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, I was just going to say that I, I've, I've actually never played the this this game before. Um, and I'm a huge Fire Emblem fan, but obviously I don't speak Japanese. So um, <laughs> there hasn't been many ways for me to do that. Uh, so. You know, I, my first Fire Emblem was on the Game Boy Advance, so uh, I'm really curious to see, you know, just being introduced to characters like Marth again and, and getting that story. I think my my only exposure um, to that story is
0: through um, Super Smash Bros. trophies, so uh, yeah, yep. I'm curious to get that story. <laughs> just like you know. in the trailer. Yeah, just like in that trailer that uh, that uh, we put out for the game. That was a great way to, yeah, that to introduce good, that game yeah, trailer. Yeah. Yeah. well that's that's it Uh, Chico and Joe thank you so much for coming on the show
1: thank you for having us
0: yeah thanks Chris that's it for this episode of Nintendo Power Podcast if you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com also we always appreciate it if you can leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready thanks for listening and keep playing with power